young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the Wall Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Joining us now, my man Mike G. B. Will is in here. We in here doing the darn thing, talking about last night's victory. And um feels good. It feels good. I was at the game, of course, doing my duties uh, up in the uh, the press box. And um, it was fun, man. It was fun, at least the second half. It was very fun to watch Auburn do a classic, at least for one half, shutout. Right. Defensively. For sure. But yeah, let's talk about it, man. Um, I watched the the show last night, the post-game breakdown, but I do want to kind of get into some more analytical things. Has anybody have you guys had a chance to go rewatch the game at all? Did you watch it again? Did you guys uh, relive I didn't the get memories? A chance, uh, I didn't get a chance to rewatch it. Have um not, have because not. of the reasons. But um <laughs> I did watch those that's very, important. The reasons are actually important. <laughs> very, very closely. Uh my family is just getting home from church. So if y'all hear me say, Ma, the meatloaf. <laughs> that's what's happening. Okay. Uh the um what a game, man. Like there was this was a five and a half point spread. Yeah. There were a lot of people four and who, a half by kick, uh, right? Like there were a lot of people who legitimately thought we were going to lose that game. Yep. Oh yeah, that, no, they, a lot of people preseason. There were predictions that Western Kentucky was going to beat us in this game. I'm not going to call out any people in our chat that said this over and over again. Some people who swear they're right about everything were like, mm-hmm. "I don't know. I think <laughs> Western Kentucky might beat it." I'm not going to call you out. You know who you are, and. You happen to be people who frequently try to call us out on things we're wrong about and say, you guys need to own up right. to the fact that you're wrong. Go ahead in the comment section and say, you know what? I was wrong. All right? Yeah. Do Listen, that for me. It's, right? easy, it's easy to be skeptical about what you don't know. Right. Yeah. But what we do know is that this team still has talent and you still have a lot of very prideful guys. Um, the seniors, I felt like, stepped up um, and they did what they had to do. I think that they put in a good game plan. Um you know, uh, just like any team in college football, Western Kentucky adjusted. Mm-hmm. And then they made adjustments to those adjustments after halftime. That's it. That's all we expected from this team, man. Um, yeah, I've been seeing the sentiment a lot. Like, what would have happened if we had fired Harson like, after, like, Penn State? Mm-hmm. And, you know, how would this have been? How would this have played out if they had pulled the, the plug earlier? Would they have been, like, plus two or three more wins? Um mm-hmm. So schemes, a scheme can really make your players look good, great or, or better sometimes than they actually are, or they can make them look worse. Uh, last night, I, th- I thought you saw Auburn pride. And I'll tell you what, man, like I've, I've been very, very, very 
proud to be an Auburn Tiger over the last couple of weeks since X to A&M about how our fans have showed up, how they've cheered, um, how they've shown up. Because I'm telling you, it doesn't have to go that way. Look at the empty stadium. Even Bama, man, like for Austin P. Right. Yeah. You know, that crowd was looking sparse. You know, and, and some of this guy came in our comment section, man. I, and he left this comment uh, talking about, you know, imagine acting like a five and six team is on the upswing. And yeah, I didn't imagine it because it's actually true. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like, like, I did crazy to think. I didn't, uh, I didn't have the, I literally, like, physically didn't have the energy. Uh, yeah, I just ignored it. To type a response to that yeah. stupidity. Like, I'm learning how to ignore these guys, these people. But, um, they are kind of on the upswing. Yeah, I mean, it, if you don't think they're on the upswing, that just means that you're paying attention to the record and not the results of how it got, got there. Right, 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 right. So it just things it just, easily playing better. So I don't know any, anybody saying anything contrary to that. It's just stupid. Yeah. So I yes, think, I'm calling you stupid if you're watching this. Like, I'm. <laughs> I apologize. Well, no, you aren't stupid. That statement was. You actually might be stupid. I don't know you. The statement definitely qualifies as stupid. So oh, you're man. dumb. <laughs> you're the ugly chick so um I, I i'm thinking to myself like you know hey this sets up a really 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 interesting iron bowl neither team is playing for the west there's no playoffs on the line there's no sec championship on the line but man this might be one of the most intensely contested iron bowls we've seen in a really really long time because i think last year was was intense so yeah i mean i don't know man like it was intense but offensively it was inept right like it was right. just yeah. it was just a lot of ineptness uh i don't think that that's what the story this year is going to be uh so the old school auburn football i tweeted out during the game it looked like we got in the time machine and went in the way back time machine and i was like yo this is cadillac and ronnie and brad lester and Kenny Irons type football that they're playing now. Mm-hmm. Line up, smash them in the mouth, go after it. Like they're that that's what they played yesterday. And, and yeah. to the tune of 40 points. Right. So that's only the third time this year that they scored, they they've broken the 40 point mark. So it was interesting to watch. Uh and I uh, I'll tell you what, uh, on the flip side, uh our potential head lead candidate was you know, getting blown out. Yeah. You know, and they were losing. Now, I asked you guys on Wednesday when we were doing the matchups, if I was like, eh, are all these rumors maybe having some sort of effect, distraction effect on Ole Miss squad? And their fans seem to think so. Of course they do. Yeah, they seem to think so. I mean, they were all over Twitter. Like, these guys have been listening to, you know, that they might not have a head coach all week and all this and that. So I mean, I, they here, here's the thing. If you believe that all of the rumors around our coach impacted our team, you have to believe the rumors around Ole Miss's coaches right. impacting that team. Like, right. yeah. it's it that doesn't just, like, rumor stuff impacting athletes doesn't stop as soon as you get outside of Lee County, right? right. Like, that's not how that works. It either is a thing or it's not a thing. Right. So if you believe that it happened in our our scenario, it absolutely can happen in their scenario. So mm-hmm. it's definitely a possibility. Let's go to the chat real quick, and we'll get back into to our comments here, and I'll let you get in here, B-Will. But your forehead speaks and says, Shane Beamer clapping Vol Cheeks was wild. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, he clapped yeah. him hard. 63 points. Woof. We are going to have a conversation for everybody that had, well, look at Josh Heupel in year two. We will have that conversation shortly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we will get there. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah we'll, I, we'll talk about it because I want to talk about how their offense looked throughout that game, number one, but number two, when his original number one quarterback got in the game. Right, mm. right, uh, right. Uh, well, we can't, we can't have a conversation with Tennessee without saying prayers up for Hendon Hooker, man. I feel bad for, for sure. that young oh, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, because uh, he was like having a stellar season. Uh, I th- he was my Heisman front runner. Um, and, you know, with only one game left, and they weren't yeah, going to play in a bowl right. game anyway, I think he should still be in New York, personally. I don't think this one last game should negate everything he did all season. Um, yeah. I don't think that loss was on him. And, uh, you know, ACLs are tough, man. So, you know, uh, uh, get better young man. I know he's going to be going pro. Uh, so he'll be trying to rehab for the draft. But uh, that was that was real. I mean, whenever you see a non-contact knee injury, it's bad. Yeah. It's was bad it confirmed ACL? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, non-contact. Like, he dropped. Like, he was in so much pain. He dropped the ball on his way to the ground without being contacted and uh, South Carolina picked it up. And it was just, it was really, really tough to watch. So prayers up for him. Uh, appreciate that super chat there. A uh, super sticker here from Thomas Jones. He jumps in to say, Gus proves again, he's the best eight and three coach in America. Hashtag <laughs> anchor down. It's a can solid we, season. Can we spend a moment here, please? Go ahead, brother. Ike, Ike always comes down, stays with me at the crib for, you know, the games when he's going to come and work the press box. And, um, Three o'clock game, so Ike needs to be there somewhere between, you know, uh, anywhere between one and two o'clock. You know what I'm saying? So we watch an early game. We sit down, we watch an early game. This was the early game I wanted to watch because mm-hmm. Gus had we did beaten, watch it. He had beaten two teams that I thought he would lose to. One of those was Tulane, C- Cincinnati. They, t- Cincinnati visited UCF. They beat Cincinnati mm-hmm. pretty pretty handily. Tulane. They actually beat Tulane pretty handily, and Tulane's defense have been playing great all season. Tulane mm-hmm. was actually leading their division, if I'm not mistaken. And so I was like, "Man, was I wrong about Gus? Was I, I wrong about? No, he was waiting to lose at home to a three and seven football team that runs the same thing all day." Gus Malzahn was waiting to lose at home to a three and seven football team that does the same thing all game. 14 points scored. Gus Malzahn, offensive genius, Navy. They've got literal uh, career professional military men on the defense. You can't put points up on these dudes. It's not that they can't play defense, man. Listen, they are they out there playing as hard as anybody plays. You got basically cast away SEC talent, and you can't beat Navy? Everybody was stumping for Gus. A lot of the anti-Brian Harson that started right when he got hired was really pro-Gus people mm-hmm. because That's Gus right. shouldn't have been fired because he was a nice guy. Gus was a nice guy, and his wife is a very nice person. They're a good family. She is nice, and they are a good family. Yeah. That does not make him the football coach that we need. The fact that he's doing the same thing in year two that he did basically five or six out of the eight years here, this should end that conversation. Now, we're about to get a coach that we think is better than both Gus and Brian Harson. So this is not to cast aspersions on either one of them. They're gone. They're not going to coach here anymore. But I would really, really like people. Somebody showed us who they were. Eight years is plenty of time to know who somebody is. It wasn't going to be, oh, well, the next season he was going to get. No, he wasn't. Nothing good was going to happen for us if Gus had stayed here. He's doing the same thing there with a distinct advantage, might I add. All of these Auburn players that went there are supposed to change the tides of the program. 
this is who he is. It's okay that he's not here. He's great for UCF. He was not great for us. Thank you. Yeah, they threw one pass, V, one, and it was incomplete. They ran the ball every other play in that game. And, um, I mean, they were grinding out some drives. Uh, limited UCS possessions. I just don't. Man, I mean that's tough. I mean that's tough. It, it give it gives credence though. Like you, you watch us play, right. and we're essentially a triple option team, right? Like we're just going to keep. Or we we are a little more exotic in the fashion in which we get the right. ball to our running backs. That's but fair. we're we're essentially like we're not going to throw the ball for real. We're yeah. just going to keep running it, and you're going to have to figure out a way to stop it. Mm. Um, but it gives credence to the idea that Cadillac has been saying in the press conferences is somebody's going to tap out. And it ain't gonna be us. So uh let me tell you this too. Like that loss was not an indictment on Travis Williams and his defense at all. No. No. At all. Right. Yeah, because right. if you put up points, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, they they got three seven. touchdowns. Yeah, this day and age, to, to hold a team to 17 points that doesn't throw yeah, the no, ball. No, that, that defense played win. very inspired football. You should win. The problem is you can't score. Right. And right. A, I, I I don't I don't know how many times I've had to say this over the last however many years we were. The problem, when you can't score the ball, then everybody starts looking at the defense like, oh, how come you couldn't get that? It's like, man, we held up our end of the bargain, bro, right. 17 points? You couldn't right. give me 18? Right. right. Which is why everybody trying to criticize what they tried to credit uh, Schmenning with, but Derek Mason's performance in the Iron Bowl last year, well, he didn't do this with the defense. 10 points, man. We needed 13 regulation offensive points to win that game. This is not about the defense. I get it that the defense eventually gave out because they played the best game that they played all year and was excellent. So you think that us giving up some points late was the reason? No, the offense not scoring points is the reason that the defense gave out. That's right. the reason we lost that game. Thanks. All right. So uh, let's jump back here to the comments again. B Wheels, foreheads. Thanks, thanks for another super chat. Now that Mike G is here, Quez over Tank have at it. Uh, we're not going to have this argument again. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, all I will say is, about Jarquez Hunter, he, he's playing really, really well. Jarquez Hunter I, is amazing. Yeah, he's he playing really, really well. And, you know, in my mind, he deserves more touches. Um, you know, and that's not a knock to anybody else. I don't think you have to compare him to anybody else to just say he's playing well. Like, every time he touches the ball, it's like an automatic seven yards, it feels like. Um, he's, I think he's seeing the gaps really well. Um, uh, he's doing a good job. Uh, he does this thing I, where he gets to the outside kind of lowers his shoulder, gets level, and then levels up on the sideline. He does that really, really well. Um, you know, he can catch the ball out of the backfield, and he's a good change of pace. It felt like they didn't put him in until the second quarter. It felt like he didn't touch the ball until the second quarter. Um, but, you know, from a yard standpoint, um, you know, he I just – I don't know, man. It's everything. It's not just the yards. It's the, it's, it's the yards per carry that I'm looking at that have impressed me a lot. And I think that whoever, whatever coach is inheriting this team, because Tank is definitely gone, should be excited about having Jarquez Hunter at running back. Like, yeah, I don't know how you don't look at Jarquez Hunter and say to yourself, I've got probably the hardest working player that I will ever have on a team. Facts. Uh, toting the rock for me. And he's going to go out there and give it 110% from the first mm -hmm. kickoff to the final one. Uh, anybody who, Any guy who's out there toting the ball that many times and doing your kick returns and on your kickoff team and doing it all without complaining and giving it 110% on every single one of those things and lead blocking sometimes, like 
Jacquez Hunter literally does everything for this team. Everything. Um, and he deserves every bit of credit that he's getting here. Uh, Jaquan Grant says Ole Miss fans is pissed off at Lane and Auburn about the distraction for the head coaching rumors. Man, listen. listen. You can blame that on us all you want to. Uh, they're on Twitter talking about some y'all can have him after this. And I'm just right. like, <laughs> Y'all were fighting us last week saying you're not going to take our head coach, yeah. get your own coach. And now <laughs> oh, all of a sudden we don't man. want him no more. We will take him anyway. We ain't need your blessing. <laughs> need I repeat? It's still it's still pertinent. You're still ugly, and you're still broke. Oh man! And now all of a sudden, well, I ain't I ain't want her no way after she ain't give you her number. That's right. what it is. That's what yeah. happened. Yeah, you was uh, trying to uh, holler at the gas station, and you was like, "Hey, what's up, miss? How you doing? You know what I'm saying? You looking awfully beautiful today. Uh, you know, can can I get your number? Nah, it's okay. You know, I'm, I'm kind of I kind man." Get you then. You I didn't think you was that cute. No way. That's what just happened. Yeah, right yeah, now. Uh, Lake Kiffin said, said, put a ring on it. They would have bought a cubic <laughs> zirconium. They <laughs> <laughs> bought some fake gold for the ring. Yeah, they oh. tried to buy a few little gifts, and she was like, mm-mm, what is this? So what's, wild, what's wild about this is I, I do think there might be something to uh, – once, once you hear about a better opportunity doing something, you start thinking about that opportunity. Like, if there's any merit to the idea that Lane Kiffin has, through his agents, been in talk with the university, uh, preeminently just agreed on some some details, and it's pretty much a done deal when the season's over, then you start thinking about that facility. Oh, man, I saw the pictures. I saw the walkthrough of that, man. It's, it's going to be nice. You see where they got the little board where you can physically stand in front of the projected defense and, and practice some stuff. That, man, it's cool. And you start thinking about who you might want to bring with you. I'm not saying that it can't be a distraction. What I wonder is, in a very uh, granular sense, does him thinking about the Auburn job mean, oh, I forgot to script a couple plays this week? Like, how, how does that work? You know, <laughs> uh, what I mean? Because they're making it sound like, oh, well, he was up there just dilly-dallying on the phone with his agents and his lawyers, so he didn't run practice on Tuesday. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know no, that I, one I, for one. It's likely more of a distraction for the uh, players than it is like so this. So that we're clear, so that there's no about this whole distraction thing. Ole Miss had 703 yards of total offense in that game and lost. They said they're the first team in like 30 years to rush for 400 over 450 yards and lose. Lost bad too. Like they got strength, right. bro. So in the not but, as bad as yeah. I mean, the the first half was a disaster, but I saw that second half too. Like, listen, they can move the ball. Like, I mean, 703 yards, uh, 240 yards through the air, 463 on the ground. Insane. Now, you know, uh, Arkansas got 503 yards, so it was a whole lot of defense played in this one. Um, but I, I just feel like it was kind of a trap game, right? I feel like it was kind of a trap game uh, uh, before the Egg Bowl. And, you know, they just, it happens, man. It, it happens. So I don't. I mean, they didn't exactly lay an egg. If you're gonna tell me he's gonna come to Auburn right. and put up 703, even freak, like even sparsely, I I take it. <laughs> so yeah, it looked, I mean, listen, you 700 plus yards of offense, you should probably win most games. Uh, just no. kind of staying on that topic here with SS Austin the super chat. Funny how Ole Miss fans switched up on Lane after this game, saying he's a bad coach. They shouldn't have a problem replacing him though, since they are such a better school. Hey, now, real, real did, now this was funny. Now I saw this joke a lot. <laughs> They were saying that uh, after Gus lost, they were like, oh, he blew his chance at the Ole Miss job. 
And um, there, I've seen some names being floated for that job uh, under, you know, the assumption that Lane is gone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'll probably talk about this later, but I expect an announcement literally the day after the Iron Bowl. Right. It, I mean, I hope it is, it's very Yeah, I'm told Like, it should be a bulletin board widget on your phone when you wake up Sunday morning. Right? With the contract details. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, uh, Ole Miss is going to have to move fast, I think. Early signing period makes these late-season coaching changes really, really difficult mm-hmm. in terms of recruiting because you got the portal, and there's no guarantee that all these kids that were committed to him to go to Ole Miss next year might say... Eh, or even some of the guys that were there. Now, let me tell you, the other thing that Ole Miss fans were complaining about, uh, B, I don't know if you saw this. I thought I saw you comment on, on, on one of these. But they were complaining that during the broadcast, Cole Kublik, our guy, our guy Cole, was inappropriately talking about Lane as if he was already gone and what players and coaches he might actually take with him. And... I was just like, it was a blowout. Right. As they usually do when yeah, games yeah. are blowouts. Yeah. When the games are blowout, they get off on tangents. Right. That's it. And that was a relevant one. I just think Ole Miss fans are having a hard time accepting you are a team that has never won the West. You got no SEC championships. You got no national championships. Do they have a Heisman? No. I don't think so. No, I'm, I'm not certain. I want to say Yeah, that. yeah. To chat, chime in. Let us know if they got a Heisman. I, none comes to mind, right? You've had some okay players come through there, but you can't keep coaches because, uh, number one, I've gone and filmed games in Oxford, and I'll tell you, that is did bottom. Did Manning win the Heisman? He Archie, did. Yeah. So they saying did. Okay. Yeah, so, so they got cool. one. They got one way back in, what, like 70-something? Mm-hmm. Right? Um Oxford is bottom three experiences in terms of traveling in the SEC. Mm. Bottom three. I got, uh, I put I put Vanderbilt over them mm-hmm. in terms of like fan. Oh yeah, Nashville welcomeness is, yeah. and like you know overall experience and you know I mean I've got the cowbells at the bottom. <laughs> right, I just wish God would strike those things from the earth. I think the cowbell <laughs> thing is stupid. Um, but like, it's not a pleasant experience, you know, and, but it's, it's, it's in the SEC. So you're going to get a chance to prove yourself against who you play. Right. Right. And that's why people take that job. But like, I mean, they're just having, they're having a hard time with this. They're having a really hard time with this. And I know some reasonable Ole Miss fans, but I don't blame any of them of being sick of our coach is going to be gone talk. Right. I mean, listen, we had to endure it for weeks with right. Brian Harson. For yep. weeks, people were that was what people were talking about uh, during our broadcast was the the uncertainty around his hot seat. Texas A&M fans are going to have to endure this talk for a little while with their coach. Like, right. it just is what it is when there's speculation around your coach. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how it's disrespectful for people in the media to talk about storylines involving people who are playing the game that it, it'd be disrespectful if they were talking about some other team while your game was going on right? right like if they're over there having debates about whether or not 
Houston gonna is going to be over uh, Georgia in the playoff yeah. rank. Like right. that, that was always annoying. I don't care if I watching action on Tuesday night. Don't talk about the college football. At least make it about these teams yeah. or their prospects in the conference for the rest of the year. Don't make it about other people. That that was whack. Yeah, I'll tell you this. Um, I was at the Birmingham Bowl. Uh, getting some coffee when we were picking up our credentials. Like, and uh, Cole walked up. He's like, oh, what's up, Mike? And I was like, hey, Cole. And uh, we were talking about Twitter, Twitter trolls. Uh, and for those of you who like to go at Cole on Twitter, I promise Thank you. Thank you, Quan, for this clarification. Ole Miss has never had a Heisman winner. Only six players have ever been candidates. Oh, so Arch never, Arch never won. Yeah, plenty of people in the chat, they chimed in. They were like, Arch nah. didn't win it. He okay. came he, second. He went, he went to go. He was nominated for it, but he never won it. So, you so yeah, you, so you've never done anything there um and uh <laughs> you've done nothing. have you even been playing games it doesn't count <laughs> yeah right like so um cole cole doesn't see most of your trash talk he selectively responds to shame people when he quotes his tweets but mm-hmm. if you say something dumb and you add cole you get muted and then he doesn't see anything that you boast for the rest of the time he's not a blocker but he is a muter right but he definitely mutes so you know if you're adding cole Thinking you're going to get under his skin, you're not. <laughs> he he doesn't care. Yeah. Now, the mute button is big. I think he had Twitter customize his mute button for some of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's grab a couple more here. Appreciate the uh, super sticker hey, here, Leanne. Uh, she says that did y'all see what Barkley said about Dion going to A and M? And hey, I I did meet Leanne at the basketball game hey. cool, cool. Uh, Friday night, so it's good to see you out there and. Um, Going to A&M, Texas A&M, and Deion Sanders. I have not seen any of those Ooh, rumors. That's I haven't seen. That's not close to Atlanta, is it? Um, I'm, I'm glad she recognized you. <laughs> I had a dude come up to me the other day, and it was like, hey, Mike G, it's me, Riddler 232. <laughs> Don't know who that is, buddy. Did you have a picture? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I haven't seen this. Yeah, I hadn't seen it either. I haven't um, seen this at all. So his uh, name is literally being Dion's name is literally being mentioned in every coaching potential vacancy, current vacancy. If there is a person who like gets up out of their seat somewhere, they're like Dion Sanders might steal their seat. Right. right? Well, like, eleven and zero for the first time in school history. Eleven and zero for the first time, and I saw people raining on like like really just crapping on that. Yeah, like it's awful to not lose games. How could right. you? Just because he's just that? because he's playing HBCUs. Listen, man, relative to the talent you have and the competition Listen, that you're you playing, you beat the teams in front of you. Front of That's you. why, like, so you know, and we can have this separate Dabo Sweeney and his ability to coach, but he beats the teams in front of him. The problem you have with Dabo is he's going to lose one he probably shouldn't every year right. with the teams that are in front of him. But that's a whole separate thing. But yeah, to to go undefeated is difficult. I don't care what level at of football any you're level at. of football cuz right. you're you're bound to have a bad night. Right. But, just, it's but, it's inevitable that you're going to have a bad night. But again, pretending like he should like it's just not some meaningless accomplishment is complete crap. You know, because yeah. he's not playing. It's not like he's playing with SEC level talent everywhere, all over that team. So yeah, he's got again, two or three guys. Yeah. So relative to the amount of talent he has and the amount of talent the teams that he's playing, I'm pretty sure there are probably some teams uh, 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 that they played that have more talent than them. Every mm-hmm. year, somebody poaches people from SWAC schools. Yeah. Listen, Tank Dale, the dude that shredded our defense last year in the Birmingham Bowl. That wide receiver, mm-hmm. 
Alabama A and M is where he used to play. Yep. I'm so like you guys, like let's not pretend like the SWAC doesn't have talent. Like it's on, like all the talent went to Jackson State when Dion got there. It's all over that league. Right. It just so happens that he has put the best conglomeration of people together, the right staff to get. A, I mean, it sounds like he might be actually a decent coach. But like, hey, listen, I don't hey, want to hey. ruin, ruin anybody's narratives out there about what he can't do because they've never seen him do it. At, all right, yeah. whatever. Anyway, yeah, yeah, listen, congrats to him. Um, like again, I'm I'm still not sold on how good of a coach he will be at this level. Because, no way to know because there's a lot of factors involved. But 11 and 0 is definitely an accomplishment, and it's, it deserves to get you some looks, man. Everybody gets their start somewhere, right? That's usually at what the. I mean, what was that school be that uh, Saban uh, was at? Was it Eastern Michigan or something like that? Um, he started well. He was in Michigan State before that. He graduated from Kent State. He was at a smaller. Yeah, he like, was at one of the smaller schools. Yeah, he had to cut his teeth at a smaller school and then slowly work his way up. To the job, to, to, to the job, right? So everybody does it. I just don't like, but, but you don't get there by losing at that level. Right. So what do you, right. so what do you want Dion to do? Right. I don't get yeah, it. I don't know. It's ridiculous. A couple more super chats here. Imani Smoot jumps in. This team is expect, uh, was expecting from the beginning. Our secondary is going to be g- crazy good next year. National championship. Oh, am I we back. Imani, when, when I got to the la- end of it, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Who is this? That's con- Imani. Back right. with the sunshine. Yes, I love it. National championship, here we come from Imani. Uh, Lisa Wise jumps in here with another super chat. Watch the Ole Miss game. In my opinion, the defensive effort was really lacking after they got down two scores. To use Coach Lack's words, somebody's going to quit, and they absolutely felt it felt like watching that game. The defense was just like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, don't know. They, they, was, they fell behind and never recovered. And this, this has got to be the worry about Kiffin. I know we're about to go to break, but the, my worry about Kiffin is who's your D.C.? And do you dictate the defensive philosophy to the point where, like, look, look, it's a passing lead. Just make sure we're ready for the pass. All right, man. But look, Arkansas, they're, they're a beat-em-up team, all right? They're a beat-em-up front. Are we going to be able to match? No. Well, That's so uh, let's be clear. Uh, Ole Miss is undersized everywhere, right? Like, the, right. the philosophy they have defensively is n- not m- so much – a product of Lane Kiffin. It's a product of their defensive coordinator and their recruiting on the defensive side of the football. The right. problem is, for me, whether or not Lane Kiffin can get the defensive recruits in. So that means he's got to get the right DC hire to convince somebody that, hey, we need to be stout defensively because teams are going to want to do blah, blah, blah. Like it, there's, a, there's a combination of factors that make it difficult. So just getting the head coach right is not the only portion that has to happen. You've got to get the coordinator hires right. You've got to get the position hires right. Like there's a lot that has to go into place because look at let's look at Alabama right now. Their coordinators, Bama fans would gladly just hand the coordinators to whatever oh, other school wants man, them right now. the tweets that I see. And listen, uh, uh, Saban has done an excellent job hiring coordinators since he's been at Bama. Yeah, he got yeah. one wrong. But and now all of a sudden he's out of touch with college football. Yeah, and maybe two. Maybe, it, two. maybe his air. Yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> but I'm just saying, well, he, he, got two, he got two wrong at the same time. That's right. the problem. One year, it's one never year, been a situation wrong, where yeah. one year both of them have been bad. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and to be honest, they're bad. A lot of people will take. Yeah, I mean, they barely lost the two games they lost. And yeah. so, but now all of a sudden they're a terrible team and Bryce Young is oh, overrated God. and Nick Saban is, is past his prime and uh, we don't, we need a new coordinator for offensive and our so wide stupid, receivers man. suck. Listen. It's just like everybody's terrible, 
because you barely lost two games. Bama fans, we'll talk about y'all in a minute. Don't I'll, worry. I'll tell you I got this. a lot of smoke. Everybody's fans are ridiculous except for Auburn and maybe like Van <laughs> and Vandy. <laughs> I think I think us and Vandy, only reasonable fan bases right. in the SEC. Yeah. <laughs> 